Hope's Harbor, Gritty Bible Devotions by David Bradley. The Heart and Mind of Jesus, Freedom for the Oppressed, and Those Who Are in a Prison of Their Mind. The key verse is taken from Luke 4.18. Jesus said he came to set at liberty them that are bruised. The introduction to our lesson today is in Luke 4.18, the last portion of that verse, Jesus completes his declaration of his mission by stating he came to set at liberty the bruised or oppressed. This means he gives opportunity for us to become free if we want it. The only thing hindering us is whether we believe. No, more than believe. It's whether we will commit our lives to acquiring a conviction. The conviction that we know freedom is possible. And the work is up to us. We looked at this in the last episode on Beyond Belief. And what is beyond belief? It's that commitment. It's rock-solid faith and confidence in God no matter what we see or feel. The devotion focus is freedom comes to those who pursue it. Again, the key verse is Luke 4.18, to set at liberty them that are bruised. And liberty in this verse, it means freedom, pardon, deliverance, forgiveness, and also remission. And remission means sin is atoned for. The penalty paid. Sin is done away with forever. Remission is found in numerous verses in the New Testament. Listen to a few of these, and a common thread is seen in how crucial remission is to salvation. Matthew 26, 28. For this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. Luke 177. To give knowledge of salvation to his people by the remission of sins. Luke 3, 3, and he, talking about Jesus, went into all the region around the Jordan, preaching a baptism of repentance and the remission of sin. Luke 24, 47, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. Acts 10, 43, to him all the prophets witness that through his name, whoever believes in him will receive remission of sins. And finally, in Hebrews 9.22, And according to the law, almost all things are purified with blood, and without shedding of blood, there is no remission. And going back to the phrase in Luke 4.18, bruised means to crush. It's like to tear asunder, a separation of the parts. It's a shattering to minute fragments. It's to disrupt to lacerate, break, or crack. Now, let's compare these descriptions with what we know from experiences of having been bruised, oppressed, wrecked, or shattered in our minds, in our lives, and in our relationships. Is there anyone listening who has experienced feelings of rejection so deep you could hardly function? This level of rejection causes even the strongest of people to withdraw in pain. Here are a few events I've gone through that collectively destroyed my self-esteem and feelings of self-worth. When my father left us and my parents later divorced, I asked why he left, and I was told I was too young to understand. I was only seven or eight years old at the time, and my childish mind led me to believe there must be something wrong with me to make my father leave. Because in the mind of a child, The parents are perfect. It couldn't be their fault. And as children, we must believe our parents are perfect. 
another event, being made to wear nothing but a diaper when 10 years old as punishment for doing something my stepfather took exception to. But I was made to wear it by the side of a four-lane road that was heavy with rush hour traffic. And all the while, I had to shovel a pile of dirt that was delivered for yard work. Another time, when caught crying because my dog disappeared, and I was told if I didn't stop crying like a baby, I would be given something to cry about. This meant a beating. I was probably nine or ten. And I found out later, my stepfather took the dog off and put it on the side of the road. And then there's one more question. Besides rejection, has anyone ever been abandoned or had sufficient cause to fear abandonment as a likely event? Well, the cumulative effect of these and other events shattered my belief in having any worth of my own. And if you've been through this, it's likely that it did the same thing to you. And at the time, though, especially when we're children, we can't see that the issue wasn't our doing. For me, it took counseling years later before the truth was uncovered and being able to see the causes clear enough to make corrections in my belief. But in the intervening years between the events and the counseling, I lived with a psychological pain I didn't understand. And as a young child, I stumbled upon a stash of porn magazines and discovered what I thought was a way to relieve the pain. What I didn't know at the time was that porn releases dopamine in the brain, a pleasure chemical and addictive. Little did I know the addictive power of porn that would later oppress and bruise me mentally and emotionally. So may I ask you something? Would you take time today to look at anything in your life that you know oppresses you? Is there something or someone wounding you in your mind and spirit? Are you willing to ask Jesus, the Son of God, to liberate you from that pain? And if your circumstances don't allow you to escape the cause of your oppression for the time being, you can ask God to help you how to be free from those causes. The first step to freedom involves freedom of your mind and freedom from feeling worthless or unneeded and unloved. Others in your life may not love you, but Jesus said in John 15, 9, he loves you the same way his father and your father loves him. Choosing to believe just this one truth will help you become free from self-hate and the feelings of worthlessness. But how? Because God knows all about you and me, and he still chooses to love us. In Colossians 3.3, we are told that our life is hidden with Jesus and God. And since God cannot have anything evil in him, this promise means we are good and pure in our new life in Jesus. God sees us the same way he sees his son, perfect in our spirits. And now this doesn't mean there are aspects or parts of our old nature that are good. Not at all. But Jesus paid the penalty against that old life when he took our punishment on the cross when he died. And just before he died, he cried out, it is finished. This means all your sin is forgiven by faith. In summary, the promise to free us is primarily freedom in our spirits and in our minds. Although I know from experience, God does set us free from bad circumstances according to his will. But keep in mind so you don't get discouraged if the circumstances don't change. There are brothers and sisters in the Christian faith around the world in very bad circumstances they cannot change. 
Some of them are in prison, and still they know the freedom to worship God and love him where they are. But they had to choose this attitude, this belief that all things work together for good, even prison. That promise is found in Romans 8, 28. And we too must choose how we will live in the freedom of faith, prayer, and love to God and others around us, even if it's a prison guard. So the action to consider, when Jesus declared he came to set at liberty to give freedom to us, he said the way to be free was accomplished already by his coming and now past death on the cross. He did his part, making it possible for us to do our part. Our part starts with daily Bible reading and then living our lives according to Jesus' teachings found in the New Testament. The action to consider this week is to read through the four Gospels, looking for his teachings, and then choose one to obey and put it into your life by practice. It's to give God the chance to help you by the power of his Holy Spirit in your mind. Well, next week's episode is unknown at this time. I'm still waiting to hear from God on what he wants to teach us from his word, the Bible. Amen. You've been listening to Hope's Harbor, gritty Bible devotions by David Bradley. To get show notes, visit hopesharbor.net.